Hey, we're glad that you're here with us, uh, whether this is your first time or your thousandth time. Uh, We're starting a new series here this morning called The Kingdom of God. Um, And it's really interesting, when you read the Bible, you read the New Testament in in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, of course, that's red letters, that's called the gospel. It's really about the life and teaching and ministry of Jesus, and and we talked about this kind of in our our Easter series. It's really kind of condensed, if you will, to about three and a half years of Jesus' life. Uh, When Jesus was born, Luke talks about that a little bit. Matthew talks about that a little bit. Mark touches on it hardly at all. Uh, John, not at all. Uh, And and we find out that really it talks about this time when Jesus was about 30 years of age until 33, teaching, preaching, healing, where he went, how he taught, what he taught. And we we find that uh, uh, Jesus spent a lot of time talking about this thing called the kingdom of God, or in different translations you'll read the kingdom of heaven. Those are synonymous terms. They mean the same thing. But today we're going to we're going to teach start start a teaching series for the next four weeks. We're going to look today about something that Jesus said about the kingdom of God that has direct impact in your and my life today. And then next week and the next three weeks we're going to look at something the Apostle Paul said concerning what the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is like. And, and, and if we'll get this, I really think that, that if we'll, we'll embed some stuff in our life, we'll just kind of grind a little bit today. We want to grind a little bit in the Word of God, and, and we'll get this thought into your life and my life again. Maybe it'll be new to you. Maybe it'll be like watering seed to you growing up in your life. But if we'll really get it and hear it, it will have impact in our life continually. So come on, just jump into where we want to go today. If you've never read the Lord's Prayer, as Jesus said, the, the disciples heard and pray one day, and they said, man, teach us to pray like you pray. And here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. A lot of you have been in church, and they would say this every week at church, so come on, uh, whether your, your, uh, your religious background is like that or not, come on, let's read this out loud. Come on, one, two, three, read. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is Jesus praying, and the disciples said, teach us to pray. And this is the very first thing out of Jesus' mouth, that that when you pray, go to your Father. He says, pray to the Father, and he says, pray that your kingdom come. Father, your kingdom. So evidently, there's another kingdom, or there is a kingdom you and I can't see. There's a kingdom in another realm that is very much, and we could say even more real than this kingdom of the world, or the things that we see on the earth. And Jesus says, pray to the Father, that his kingdom would come and his will would be done on earth right now in your life, in Chula Vista, La Mesa, in South San Diego, wherever you live, in your business, in your family, that his will would be done on earth in your life just like it is in heaven. Come on, how many believe that can still happen, right? That you can know the will of God. You can hear the will of God. You can flow in the will of God. You can, you can have the will of God and the kingdom of God dynamics working in your life. What's amazing when you read the Bible is that the supernatural power of God wants to invade the very natural power of the earth. Meaning that, that we're called to live in a natural realm here in the earth. We're born, we have feelings, we have emotions, we have a body, we eat, we drink, you know, we live, we breathe, we work, we have kids, we have pleasures that we want to do. But in the middle of it all, we've got to remember we're not just natural people, that there's another kingdom that we need to be attached to and thinking about consistently. And there's other rules and there's other things and there's other dynamics of this kingdom that we need to be aware of or else we'll think that God doesn't care or, or how come it's not happening in my life and I, I might read something in the Bible. You might come to church and hear me say something or somewhere else and, and go, how come that's not happening in my life? And, and yet God says he wants his kingdom to come. He wants his will to be done that he's got for you and for me just like it is in heaven. 
And so when we read and we study the Word of God, and we encourage you to do that regularly, daily, need to be reading the Word of God and eating of the Word of God, if you will, feeding on the Word of God, just like you do natural food, so that you and I can become more aware and more, more in tune, if you will, with God's kingdom. Because His kingdom is here. He said, pray, your kingdom come, your will be done, just like it is in heaven. He wants it in earth, in your life. And Jesus demonstrated what it means for a man or a woman on the earth to not only live on the earth, but to live on the earth connected to another kingdom. Can you say amen, everybody? He showed us how we can do it. Now, uh, just for simplicity's sake, here's what I want to just kind of say today as we kind of jump into the next three or four weeks. For simplicity's sake, God's kingdom is how he thinks and how he acts. God's kingdom is how he thinks and how he acts. The Bible says in the Old Testament, God's not a man. He doesn't think like a man. He doesn't act like a man. He doesn't talk like a man. And man, man, man in the Bible is a generic term meaning mankind. So women, when I say man or men, it doesn't discount you at all. It's just a generic term meaning mankind. But God doesn't think and God doesn't act like you and I. But the Bible's really clear. We can understand how God thinks and how God acts by reading the word of God by understanding here's how the kingdom works. Here's how he thinks. Here's how he acts. Here's how he will respond. Here's what he values. Here's what he doesn't value. Here's what he's going to here's what he's going to lead you in. Here's what he's not going to lead you in. And if we'll begin reading the word of God and applying the word of God to our life, how many of you believe that there's some of the kingdom of God going to work in your life? Yeah, 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 yeah. So what we find when you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, is this. I found it kind of interesting. There's about 31 individual or unique parables where Jesus would say something like this. The kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is like. He'd start that off. About 31 individuals in those Gospels. Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 13 is a very kind of interesting chapter because Matthew 13, there are seven individual or unique parables in that one chapter. And it's kind of cool is that, kind of interesting when you look at it, is that John doesn't record any parable. John doesn't record one parable. And so we've got about 31 in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, individual parables that Jesus said the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is like. And so if you want to know what Jesus said about the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God, you need to read those 31 parables. What I want to do today, starting off this series, the kingdom of God, is I want to look at one parable that Jesus said in Mark chapter 4. And if Jesus said this, if you don't get this parable... No other parable is going to make sense to you. We could say this way. This is a master parable. This parable unlocks every other parable. That you could read every other parable, and if you don't get this one, the other ones just won't make sense or won't have the same impact or influence in your life. So how many believe we should kind of pay attention to that? Yeah, I think so too. So what we're going to do today, for some of you all that, that know kind of where we're going, you might, you might know your Bible a little bit better than maybe some of us are, you know, that are kind of new here, and which is all cool. In Mark chapter 4, we're going to look at the parable of the sower. Mark chapter 4. So, so listen to me. If you're new to church and, and, and maybe you haven't been around the block, I'm coming from a guy that's been in church my whole life. I, I, I've been in, in ministry 34 years. I've kind of been in the pocket, like I say, serving God, you know, hot for 30, 39 years. So I might be a little further down the track than you, but wherever you're at on the train track of life, of spiritual life, if you will, come on, just get on, hook your caboose up with our train, and God will take you a little further down the track today. That sound all right, everybody? Yeah, yeah. 
So Mark chapter 4, what I want to do is I want to, by, by what I just said, I want to I give you what Jesus said about this parable so that you think and you understand it's not just me talking, it's Jesus talking. Because here's what he says after he said this parable, and we're going to talk about the parable, we're going to explain the parable, and we're going to have some other things involved that I think you're going to enjoy as well. Here's what Jesus said in Mark chapter 4, verse 13. He said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all other parables? After he told the parable, he says this right out. He says, guys, if you don't get this parable, you're not going to understand any other parable. So by Jesus saying that, guys, listen to me, by Jesus saying that, that should cause us to kind of scoot up just a little bit on our green chair, kind of look a little bit and go, okay, this has got to be something extremely important that Jesus, who's God in the flesh, is teaching people 2,000 years ago that says, if you are going to understand anything else I say, you've got to get this squared away. Let's go. Let's read. Come on. Let's read the parable. Mark chapter 4, verse 3 through 9. Listen, Jesus said. Pretty powerful word right there. Listen. Behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside. And the birds of the air came and devoured it. Verse 5. Some fell among the stony ground, where it did not have much earth. And immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up and it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty or sixtyfold, or some a hundred or a hundredfold. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let him hear. Let him hear. Jesus says, this is, we read it, verse 13. Don't you understand this parable? How then are you going to understand all the other parables? This is the master key parable, listen to me, for your life. For your life. As a single mom, as a single dad, as a married person, as a, as a college student, as a high school student, as a retiree, where, wherever you're at in life, on the mountaintop in the valley, this is the key parable for your life. Listen to me, today and every other day. This parable must consistently be in your thinking as we'll read this and discuss this and just dissect, uh, uh, dissect some things that Jesus is saying. If we'll understand the power of the sower and we'll understand the power of what the sower is sowing and we'll value it and we'll do what it says. Listen to me. I'm telling you you, you, you can take this to the bank. Come on, somebody. This is going to change your life. This is going to change your life. Again, not just today, but when you're 88, this is still going to change your life. Come on, how many of y'all still planning on living when you're 88? Come on, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, just, just checking. No one's going anywhere early, are you? Come on, right? So Jesus said here that three that the word of God, he says, uh, he says this uh, with the sower. He says the sower went to sow. And, but he lists three, uh, he lists actually four types of soil. And, and we find out that these four different types of soil had four different types of results. And none of it was based on the seed. It was based on the soil. One more time. The seed was the same. The soil was the problem. 
Now, what we find out, found out first of all, is that it says this, is that the first place that, that uh, well, well out, of, out of all those three different types of, of soils where we did not get good results, we didn't get consistent good results, what Jesus said, was that, number one, it was devoured by the birds. The first seed well, that was sown was devoured by the birds. We'll talk about that in a moment. The second type of seed that was sown says that it was scorched by the heat and it withered. It was scorched by the heat and it withered. And then the third type of seed that was sown says that it was choked by thorns. So we've got birds devouring it. We've got scorched heat and withering, and all of a sudden it's done. And then we've got a process where we'll find out it's growing, but eventually it gets choked out. I don't know about you, but when I read that, I kind of that, that, that's got to kind of have the devil's DNA in the middle of that, doesn't it, huh? He's come to steal, kill, and destroy. You know what the Word of God says? So what we find out, based on what Jesus said, is that something or someone is after the seed. Something or someone is after the seed. So that should tell you and I, the first thing I must do is I must understand the power of the sower and I must understand the power of the seed. That I've got to do everything I can to protect the seed. There's a fight for the seed, which is, we're going to find out, the Word of God. Come on, somebody say the Word of God. Now here's what we know about the Word of God. Is that the Word of God, uh, this, or that we could say the seed or the Word of God, has built-in DNA in it. It's got built-in DNA in it to bring growth into whatever area you plant it, whatever area you need. Whatever area you need, inside that seed, the seed of the Word of God, just like a natural seed we'll talk about in a minute, it's got the built-in DNA to produce whatever you plant it. If you start, you start getting the, the seed, the DNA of the Word of God concerning peace, your mind's going crazy, you got some stuff you know, flipping around in your mind, you take the scriptures, the seed of the word of God, you plant it in your heart, it is going to produce peace in your life. Listen to me, but there's going to be a devourer try to come. There's going to be something that's going to try to come to scorch it. There's going to be a bird tries to come and take it from your heart. That is the life we are living in the natural. But how many of you believe there's a kingdom of God working too? Come on, that's going to help us. That's going to help us. So this is the number one strategy of the enemy. The number one strategy of the enemy is three of these four types of soils is to take the word of God, to snatch the seed of the word of God from your heart. And that's what we found out is that all of these seeds actually reached their heart. It went into their heart. They heard the word of God. All four types of seed, we're going to find that when Jesus tells us what this parable actually means is that they all heard the word of God. But l listen to me. When you hear the word of God or when you read the word of God, uh, you, you just can't reread it and, and just kind of glance over. There's, there's got to be a depth. There's got to be a pressing in your heart because the enemy is going to try to snatch. He's going to try to kill. He's going to try to dis destroy the power of that seed before it grows up and begins producing fruit. And so there's going to be a fight for it that's consistently in your life. So the enemy will try everything. Listen to me. He'll try a fence to get the seed out of your life. You get mad at God. You get mad at a friend that brought you to church. You get mad because somebody in church, like, like for instance, at the end of the service, we're going to receive an offering. Somebody get, might get mad. Oh, I can't believe they're talking about money at church. And what's the devil trying to do? He's trying to get you offended to take the seed out from your life. He'll use financial pressure to get the seed. He'll use marriage pressure to get the seed. 
He'll try to cause stuff to happen in the workplace to get the seat. He will keep trying everything he can to find a hole, to find a crack, to get in your life for one purpose. Listen, he doesn't care about you. He cares about what you carry, the power of the seed in your life that will change your life, which you could be used by God in a powerful way. He's after the seed. Man, real quick, Mark chapter 4, verse 8, here's what it said. Here's what it said. The seed, the good seed, here's what it says. It says, it sprang up. It sprang up. I love it. It sprang up. It increased and it produced. I love it. It sprang up. It increased and it produced. Mark chapter 4, verse 8. So this is, the, this is what the Word of God's going to do. This is what the Word of God, when it's sown in your heart, when it's sown, this is what it wants to do. It, it wants to spring up. It, it wants to, when it registers on your soul, when it registers on your heart, it, it's going to start growing. It's where you can see it and everybody else can see it. It springs up. So this is really how you can tell if you're growing. Something's springing up in your life that you can tell. You can notice, I've got more joy than I used to have. I've got more peace than I used to have. I, man, I love my husband more than I used to. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Man, the word must be working. We used to fight all the time. We're not fighting as much because everybody fights, but you might not be fighting as much. <laughs> Come on, the word's working. It's increasing. It becomes greater. Just It's increasing. Come on, it's increased, and it's producing. Jesus says it's producing. Listen, here's what he says it's producing. 30, 60, and 100-fold. So three out of the four types of soil of the heart didn't produce anything long-term, and only 25% of the seed that was sown in the heart actually produced, and everybody that produced, it was a different measure. And what I found is that God's not telling you how much you can produce. You're telling yourself how much you can produce. How much joy I can produce, how much love I can produce, how much patience I can produce, how much long-suffering I can produce, how much of the goodness of God can produce, how much mercy can I produce, come on, how much generosity can I produce? I'm determining it, the soil of my heart, not the seed, not my race, not my age, not my ethnicity, <laughs> not how much money's in the bank, the soil of my heart. Come on, somebody say Amen. Now, here's what I know, is that you cannot be a casual hearer and be a successful Christian. So Jesus says what he's wound up telling us, he who has ears to hear, come on, finish it off, let him hear. He who has ears to hear. Is he talking about your natural ear? No. He's talking about the ear of your heart. Uh, in the Old Testament, it says, it talks about the, the hearing heart, one translation says, is that your heart has the ability to hear the word of God. Your heart, the inner man, the real you. Come on, we know that you're a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. You're seeing my body today, and I'm seeing yours. I'm hearing your soul when you talk. I'm hearing you. So you're talking from your mind. You're talking partway from your spirit, talking about from, from your who you really are. But you never see, we can't see your spirit, you can't see my spirit. But that's the place where, where where, where, where the power of God will begin working in your life. And, and again, we find out that we live from the inside out, from the inside out. So you cannot be a casual hearer and be a successful Christian. Because when we hear the Word of God, hearing in the Word of God means that we're hearing with the idea of applying the Word of God. Because we know faith comes from hearing. Come on, finish that, will you? Faith comes from hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We just keep hearing the Word of God. We keep acting on the Word of God, hearing the Word of God, and faith is coming. Faith can 
continually comes when you hear the word of God, but now I've got to act on that word. I've got to act on that word. So again, there's a fight for the seed, a fight for the word of God, and only three, only one out of these four types of soil produce the results long-term. Now listen, long-term. We're not talking about overnight success. We're not talking about flash in the pan, up and you're down. We're not talking about internet sensation. You got, you're a one-hit wonder singer. No, we're talking about long-term. Come on, you're making album after album of your life, of God's goodness, of God's generosity, come on, of his peace, of his, of his love, of his mercy. And your life is just continuing on a progression up, and you're producing fruit after fruit after fruit. It starts, it begins, it ends with the power of the seed having impact in your life. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at this, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. I kind of just, just snipped a little bit of the scripture so we could get it. Here's what it says concerning Jesus, concerning God, that God is upholding all things by the word of his power. God is upholding all things by the word of his power, or the power of his word, one translation says. The power of the word of God has the ability to uphold every area of your life. Every area. It's not like I got a raw deal, I, they're, they're, they're after me, and I can't get ahead. The power of the Word of God will uphold every area of your life. The power of the Word of God has the ability to heal your body. The power of the Word of God has the ability to save your soul. The power of the Word of God has the ability to forgive your past. Come on, the power of the Word of God. God is upholding all things by the word of his power. So there is nothing in your life that God's seed, which is his word, which is his power, will not change or affect in your life. If that is true, if that is true, where would the devil consistently try to come to bring chaos in your life? At the point of hearing. At the point of hearing. That's why we cannot afford to be casual when we read the Word of God or we hear the Word of God. We can't come to the place to say, I've heard that before, because if we say, I've heard that before, or I've read that before, we are shutting ourselves off from the power of that seed to keep producing and reproducing in our life. Can you say amen? Man, so he's upholding all things by the word of his power. So I've said it many, many times already, but God's word contains all of God's power. I wish God would just show me some power. I need some power. I need some power in this area of my life. I need God's power in my patience. I need God's power with this thought that's going on in my life. And God's saying, would you allow the seed of the word of God to be planted in your heart and allow the fruit to begin growing up and something to spring up, something to increase, something to produce? It all begins with my seed. I, no, 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 I ain't got time for that. I'm just needing someone to pray for me. I'm just needing a little dab or do. Just, just throw some holy oil on me. I used to think that would work. Because in my kind of growing up setting, that's what we do. And I'm, I'm down with praying lines. I'm down with prayer lines. I'm down with the power of God. I'm down with prayer lines. But what I found is when we pray for people, generally they go back and they're never changed. Why? Because God generally doesn't do it that way. He does it with seed. All right, thanks for your underwhelming enthusiasm. That's okay. 
How many of you know the Genesis principle in the book of Genesis? It says this, every seed produces after its own kind. It's talking about a natural principle, right? Tomato seeds produce tomatoes, right? Potato seeds produce potatoes. It was, it was a natural order of things, right? When, when, a, when a male and a female cow get together, they don't produce a horse. They produce cow. Cow seed, cow egg produces a cow. Everything produces after its own kind. But God is trying to tell us, too, when we read Old Testament things and we even read these parables, there's a natural application, but there's a spiritual application. So whatever you need, wherever you plant the seed, wherever it is, it's got the power to reproduce exactly what he said it would reproduce in your life. The, the, in the seed of the Word of God, it will reproduce whatever he said it would if we'll plant it in our heart and we will not allow it to be devoured. We won't allow it to be devoured. We won't allow it to be scorched. We won't allow it to be choked out over time. Over time. I, I like the scripture in the book of Zechariah. Zechariah, just again, just a snippet of the scripture. He says, the seed, the seed shall be prosperous. Come on, can you say that with me? For the seed shall be prosperous. Come on, this is, he's talking about, again, a natural seed that God was going to help the land and God was going to profit, you know, the nation of Israel uh, concerning their agriculture. But again, we've got the spiritual dynamic of that as well because the sower is sowing the seed. He's sowing the word. God is the greatest sower. And we find out the power of the word of God will be prosperous in any area of your life, wherever you plant it. So whether it doesn't look like, you know what, I, I tell you, I can tell you there's, there's times in my life life, and I'm sure yours, if you've been serving God any time at all, where you go, it just doesn't look like the seeds being prosperous. It just doesn't look like it's working. But how many of you believe something could be going down before you see something going up? Come on, somebody. Some roots going down. We'll talk about it in a minute. Some roots are going down before anything's coming up. <laughs> and maybe that's what we need more than anything. Here's what we find in Mark chapter 4. Jesus said this when we read it just a moment ago. In Mark chapter 4, verse 5, he said that uh, that stony ground, that stony ground, some of the seed fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth. It's really interesting. Some fell on stony ground, check out that phrase, where it did not have much earth. It did not have much earth. It did not have much earth. What is he talking about? Naturally, of course, you know that. If, if for instance, this is, this is the ground of your yard and you're going to plant some, you're going to plant some, uh, you know, some type of, let's say a tomato plant or something like that. Some grass might work if it's, if it's just small here. That's all the soil you've got. Some grass would, would, would try to take root there. But if you've got other, if you've got some, a tomato plant or if you've got something else you're trying to get in there, you, you're going to need more earth. You're going to need more depth. You're going to need more depth. What Jesus is telling us here is that the depth of your heart determines the productivity of the seed. The depth of your heart. The depth of your heart. And so, so, so that's, why, that's why he says over and over and over, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. Let him hear. Let him hear. Let him hear. You got to hear. You got to hear the word of God. You got to hear the word of God because there's not going to be any problem with the seed. No problem with the seed. The, seed's gonna, the seed shall be prosperous. The seed will produce 30, 60, 100 fold. The seed will produce maximum impact for anybody if they put maximum productivity with it. It will produce. So the depth of your heart determines the productivity of your seed. So what Jesus is saying is you've got to keep working on your heart. 
What's that mean? How do I work on my heart? Come on. Again, he's not talking about pumping heart. He's talking about your, your spirit. How do I keep working on it? Listen to me. Over every day and week and month and year and decade, decade, you've got to be committed to the process of reading the word of God, of studying the word of God, of praying the word of God, of meditating the word of God, and acting on the word of God. Listen, over and over and over. And when, and when you're young and your mama says you eat this because it's going to make you strong and all you want is ice cream and cookies. No, 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 that's not going to make you strong. What you need is this, this daily balanced diet. What you do over and over, you read the Word of God every day, you study the Word of God every day, you meditate and think about the Word of God every day, you pray out the Word of God every day, and you act on the Word of God every day, every day. What, what you're working on, your heart. You're plowing up your heart. You're making sure your heart doesn't get hard. So when the word of God hits you, as the Old Testament says, Jeremiah tells the nation, he says, you guys got to break up the fallow ground of your heart. You know what the fallow ground means? The fallow ground means that ground was once productive. That ground once produced. But like when we lived in Canada, every single year when the guys, the farmers would, would plant certain you know, seed or whatever like that, and then you got winter. You, it's frozen. You can't plant seed in frozen ground. It, it's it's got to be tilled up. It's got to be plowed up again. So God says, every day you've got to come into my presence. You've got to let me talk to you about things that I want to talk to you about. You've got to let me touch you in areas you don't want anybody touching you. you got to come and read the Word of God, and when you read the Word of God, you go, God, forgive me. I see that, and I'm falling short. What are you doing? You're working on your heart so the seed can take root, and the seed, come on, somebody can spring up, and the seed can produce, and the seed can increase. Come on, everybody. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeremiah says this, your heart and my heart should look like a well watered garden. That's what Jeremiah says. Is your heart a well-watered garden? Or is your heart, like yesterday I was riding the desert, met some guys up in San Isabel, wherever that is, and we went to Borrego Springs and up this crazy mountain, Mount, Montezuma. Jesus, sounds demonic. It was. It was. <laughs> 10 or 11 miles climbing. You go out in the desert does your heart look like a desert? It's interesting, though, even in the desert, there's life. But overall, when you see where the Bible talks about Jeremiah, that your heart should look like a well-watered garden, what's going on in your heart right now? What are you hearing right now as I'm speaking? What do you hear when you open up the Word of God? You go, man, here we go again. I know uh, Pastor Gary says you read the Bible, and you read the Bible. You know, listen, everybody, including me, sometimes I read the Bible, and, and it's like I'm doing it out of duty. Can anybody be truthful up here in church? You're doing it out of obligation, not, ob not, ob not obligation. You're doing it out of duty because you know the power of it. But still, sometimes it's like it's just hitting you, right? It's just hitting you. Why? A lot of times, or let me say it, say it this way, there's no problem with the seed, no problem with the Word of God. The brother's just not connected. He's disconnected. He's got too much on his mind. He's doing different things. He's checking Instagram. He's doing, checking emails. He's sending texts. I'm disconnected. So even though I'm reading the power of the Word of God, it's not affecting my heart. 
So when I'm talking about being there, I'm talking about in the word. Let's all just make up our mind. We want to be engaged in the word of God, right? We want to be, listen, if you got 15 minutes, let's go crazy. Come on, let's go hot for 15 minutes, right? If you got an hour, whoo, come on, somebody, just go crazy for an hour. But wherever you're at, let's get it so that the word of God is going to take root in our life and we're going to be changed. Come on, anybody beside me want to change? Come on, yeah, anybody? Come on. How about y'all on that side? Y'all want to change? Yeah. How about y'all over there? Y'all want to change? Good. Good, good, good. Man, I love a scripture. Come on, let's go. Y'all listening too slow. Come on, let's go. Proverbs 4.23. Keep your heart. Let's read it. Come on. Proverbs 4.23. One, two, three, read. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Do what? Keep your heart. Keep your heart. You keep your heart. That's your job. Keep your heart. Keep the garden of your life. Keep the garden of your soul. Come on. Put some fences around your heart. Put some fences. Don't, don't, allow, don't allow crazy stuff in. Don't allow the enemy in. Put some stuff around your heart. Keep it with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. So listen, deepen your roots because heat kills. We found that out. you got to deepen your roots because the heat's going to kill you. Pressure's going to kill you. We're going to find out. Circumstances have got the power to kill you. Suck the life out of you. And so, so you've got, and I've got to just keep working on the soil of our heart. Because listen, there's water if you go deeper. Come on, everybody. There's water. There's refreshing if you go deeper. If you'll dig just a little bit deeper, come on, there's going to be a well that's going to spring up. That's, we, we know that. We know that. And so, so you have to constantly, and I have to constantly, constantly work on my heart. So, oh, over in the book of Psalms, here's what David says, writing in Psalms chapter 1, verse 1 through 3, about what it means to, to, to kind of just get our heart in check and get it at rest and get it being productive in what God wants us to do and to deepen our heart. Well, how, how do I deepen my heart? How do I really do it? He, he gives us the example right here, and he tells us. How to deepen your heart so that your heart will keep producing the seed of the Word of God. Look what he says. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Verse 1. Check it out. One more time. Wherever you walk will be eventually where you stand. And where you stand will be ultimately where you sit. He's not talking about necessarily physically, but listen to me spiritually, spiritually. If you keep walking in a way away from the Word of God, listening to cray-cray person, listening to the culture, listening to what the, some of the college professors are telling you that are anti-Christ, not all of them, just telling you that it's all just a dead book. If you keep listening to that, if you keep walking there, you'll eventually walk long enough that you just stand. And it's like window shopping. And you'll, You'll be enamored by what's in that window. And pretty soon you stand there long enough, you're going to eventually sit. And your lifestyle and your hearing and your productivity will no longer be according to the Word of God, but will be according to the kingdom of the world, not the kingdom of God. So he says, you got to be careful where you walk and where you stand and where you sit. So he says in verse 2, but this person's delight has got to be in the law of the Lord. We'd say the word of the Lord. And in the law, in God's word, in the Bible, he meditates, meditates day and night. Meditates, meditates. When it comes to meditation, again, a lot of us think about Eastern meditation, what that means you know, on the ground, you know, yoga position, a little chanting or something. But again, that's not what it means. It means just to have the word of God on your mind and have the word of God in your mouth. So, so just, just listen to me. Maybe it's simple. 
a lot of different definitions for meditation. But since it starts with an M, maybe you remember this. What does it mean to meditate? It's on my mind and it's in my mouth. It's on my mind and it's in my mouth. I can do that when I'm at work. I can do that in the car. I can do that when I'm putting on my makeup, when I'm shaving in the morning. I can have my little Bible. I can have my U version there and I've got a scripture and I can have it on my mind and I can have it in my mouth. And what am I doing? I'm allowing the seed of the word of God to change my life and my heart. And other things are being removed and the power of the seed of God is beginning taking root. Because he tells us in verse three, if you do this, if you meditate the word, he says he'll be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf doesn't wither and whatever he does shall prosper. Whatever, whatever this person does, whatever this mom, this dad, this teenager, this college student, whatever they do concerning the DNA of the Word of God that's been placed into their heart, that they've not allowed the birds to devour, they've not allowed other things to come in and steal it, they've not allowed the heat to scorch it, they've not allowed it to be choked out, that the DNA, the power of that Word that will work with anybody but with me if I work on my heart and I'll plow up my heart and I won't stand, I won't, I won't walk and I won't sit somewhere I shouldn't and I'll challenge myself with my hearing. He says, I will bear fruit in my season. My leaf won't wither. I might not always be producing the fruit like I think I should because certain trees only produce fruit certain seasons. But I'm always green. I'm green in the desert and I'm green in the mountain. The seed, power of the seed. That's interesting. He says he'll be like a tree planted by rivers of living water. You know, kind of interesting in our culture, which kind of shocked me, you know. Uh, we came from Canada, and if you want to, you know, you want a tree in Canada, you know, you didn't go out and, you know, like palm trees. You know, we, 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 we want to plant a palm tree. Who, who plants a palm tree that big? No, 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 no. We're going to spend $2,500. We want a full palm tree. God says, that's not the way I operate. No, no, no. I, I, that's not the way I operate. You want a palm tree? Plant a palm seed. Everything in the kingdom starts small with seed. You've got to be committed to the process. Let's explain what Jesus said the sower means. Mark 4, 14. The sower sows the word. And these are those by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes when? Come on, help me out. When's he come? Come on, help me out, church. When's he come? And he takes the word that was sown into their hearts. Notice, the word reached their heart and the enemy could still get it. Why? How? They were casual hearers. Must be talking to somebody else, not talking about me. I don't know, I just got to know that, that, that's good for you, that's not good for me when the power of the seed will work in everybody's life. Listen to me. If you're 17, 
or you're 67, the seed still works. The seed doesn't know age, doesn't know ethnicity. It doesn't know your drama. It doesn't know your past. The seed only knows what's in the DNA of the seed. How about you get up every day to say, I just trust the power of the Word of God today. Come on, the power of the Word of God today is going to work in my life. Come on, everybody. Verse 16, these likewise are those sown on stony ground. When they hear the Word of God, again, they hear the Word of God, immediately they receive with gladness. Man, that's the greatest word I've ever heard. Pastor Gary, amazing! But they don't have any root. Where? Where? Where's the root? Don't have any root. Verse 17, what? In themselves. In themselves or their heart. And so they only endure for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for what? Come on, arises for what? Come on, come on, come on, help me, church. Arises for what? So, 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 so tribulation, trouble, pressure, circumstances are coming for what reason? For the word. Doesn't care about you. He doesn't care about you. He doesn't care about you. Devil does not care about you. He does not care about you. He cares about getting the word out of you. Pressure's coming, trouble's coming, circumstances come, arise for the word's sake. It says immediately they, they stumble, fall away. Unproductive, unproductive. Long-term unproductive. Productive for a while, immediately receive it with joy. Wow. But then pressure, pressure comes. Pressure comes, lose your job. Pressure comes, got the pink slip. Pressure comes, trouble with marriage. Pressure comes. Man, with kids, pressure comes. Schedules, pressure comes. Tribulation comes, difficulty comes, challenges comes, tests comes. As the Bible says, comes to all of us. What, what's it coming from? What's it coming for? The seed. Try to get the seed out. Verse 18. Now these are those sung among the thorns, Jesus says. So he's telling us about the thorns now. Third type of soil. These are those who hear the word of God. Here we go. They hear. They hear. They heard the word. And the cares of this world, cares of the world, deceitfulness of riches, just a trap of money, the lure of money. You need more money. You got to work. You, you can't come to church anymore. You can't come to small group. You can't serve. You got to work, man. You got to work. Come on. You, <laughs> the lure that money's going to solve your problem, deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things, just desire. Uh, you know, uh, all of us, whatever you spend time concentrating on, you're going to desire, whatever it is. You study it long enough, you're going to find a way to get it. Desire for other things. Enter in. What happens? Choke the Word of God. It becomes unfruitful. Cares of this life, deceitfulness or riches, just lusts of other stuff. I get my mind off. I get my mind in the wrong way. But he says, these are those who are sown on good ground. Come on, somebody say good ground. Good heart. Ground's what? What's the ground? Your heart. Your heart. Good ground. Who hear the Word of God, accept it, and bear fruit 30-fold, 60 and 100-fold. So we find out here in just culmination of this parable that Jesus says, this is the master parable. 
This parable will unlock all other parables, and this parable will unlock all the other teachings of all other New Testament writers. How much impact or how much influence you give to the seed of the Word of God will determine how much fruit you produce in your life. It's not that there's a problem with the Word of God. It's not in your current situation and circumstance that somehow you're by yourself and the Word could never work in your situation. But you don't know. I've been divorced three times. Oh, but you don't know the power of the seed of the Word of God of mercy and grace. Oh, but you don't know I've got this report and i got this heart and this head and this cancer and growth and tumor and breathing and joints and stuff. And you don't know what the doctor said. Oh, but you don't know the power of the seed. By his stripes, you were healed. Hey, God, you don't know my marriage. And he's running and she's running and he's crazy and she won't work and he can't find a job. Oh, but you don't know the power of the word of God that will wash away all that and change hearts as you pray. God's seed will produce God's results. Real quick, last scripture. Come on, I'm talking too long, but I want to give this one more to you. Proverbs chapter 4, and I've kind of included a couple words there. Some of y'all know this. Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. Check this out. My son, give attention to my words, the seed. Incline your ear to my sayings, the seed. Do not let them, the seed, depart from your eyes. Keep them, the seed, in the midst of your heart. For they, the seed, is life to those that find them, and the seed is health to all their flesh. He's talking about the power of the Word. Attend to the Word. Make sure that the seed is protected, because the seed will always produce. Come on, bow your head, close your eyes. Father God, today, thanks for being with us. Thank you for the power of the Word of God, the power of the seed. Uh, Father, I believe that's alive and working and being sown today. Father, as you said, Jesus, that the sower sows the Word. Today, I've just been sowing the Word. And Father, I thank you that I believe in Jesus' name that the seed of the Word of God today is falling on good soil. Our hearts are good. Our hearts have been plowed up today. Father, we're understanding this parable. We're going to hear the power of this parable, and we're going to constantly protect the seed of the Word of God, that it will not get devoured. It will not get scorched. Father, it will not be withered. It will not be choked by any thorn or any adversity in our life or any care or anything going on around us. We're going to protect the power and the seed of the Word of God because we want your kingdom to come. We want your will to be done in our life just like it is in heaven. And everything you do starts with seed. So Father, help us. I pray for every person in the room today concerning their spiritual growth, oh God, and your and the development that you desire for their own life concerning meditating the Word of God, studying the Word of God, reading the Word of God, and begin acting on the Word of God. Challenge us all, Father God, to be more disciplined in our daily devotion. I pray, oh God, that as we do that, that we're going to see how you think and how you act more and more, and our life is going to be changed. 
changed. People will notice as the word of God springs up and it begins taking root in our life against adversity and difficulty and challenges and tests that come to us all. But we will not be blown off course. We will not be plucked up by the enemy. Our our, our seed, the seed will produce and will not be uprooted by anything that comes against us because we have decided that our life will be firmly founded on the rock. We thank you, Father. We praise you for it in Jesus' name. Can somebody in the room say amen and amen? Come on, give the Lord hallelujah. Praise, will you do that? Yeah, 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 man. Man, oh man. Wow. Preached a little longer today. Thanks for hearing me. Wow, praise the Lord. I didn't get a chance to preach last week, so I had two weeks in one right there. Man. <laughs> hey, if you're here for the first time or you're here again for, for you know, been here many times with us, uh, doing something a little different today. Generally, we bow our head and close our eyes, but I want to talk to you just eyeball to eyeball. <laughs> and we'll pray in just another minute.